Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm LaCharles, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, promise can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, just thank you for helping us to come together so that we don't cause divisions among ourselves and just showing us how to go about that and how to not divide ourselves. Name Jesus, amen. Well, amen. All right, so so this morning we're going to do things a, a little different. Um, yesterday we read from verses 9 through 17, but we actually did not fully cover everything the Lord was revealing and showing. So could I get a volunteer to read verse, verses 14 through 17, please? I will. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Least anyone should say that I have baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanaeus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, least least the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Okay, so... So, with this, Paul, yes, Kyla. Oh, no. You can. Okay. <laughs> with this section of scripture, Paul's continuing his, I'll say discourse, but addressing the issue of divisions within the church, right? But there is the, there's also the deeper aspect of uh, a th- I'll say a, a thought and instruction and all that the, he has been also giving at the same time there is admonishment and even some rebuke about divisions and um, so I'll, I'll, while the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you right, um, let's consider those things as well in what we're discussing alright and uh, again I want to open the floor to you guys first to discuss what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you and to share with us so we can all grow. And with that also means asking any questions that you have. All right? Yes. Okay. So what do you want to share? Um, I like to point out verse 14. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. It, that just reminded me of how the Lord... Actually, how the Lord was working through Paul in here and how Paul didn't try to tell the Lord, no, I can't do this because I don't really want to do this. It just reminds me of sometimes when I try to put, I think I can't do this and I don't want to do it. And how the Lord is telling me to go do that thing, even though I think I shouldn't be doing that over there. <laughs> okay. You want to explain 
with a little more clarity or articulate that a little better instead of things and that and is that do you understand yes okay for an example if i'm told to go clean the microwave i think the microwave looks pretty good how it is and i say i don't really want to go clean the microwave but i still go do it because that's what i'm told to do i still have a responsibility to go obey what i was told the same is true with paul Paul didn't say, no, Lord, I wasn't called to baptize people. I can't do any of that. But he did as the Lord led and baptized when the Lord said, baptize this one and continue to do so. But he wasn't making it a habit of saying, oh, Lord, I think I should baptize anybody I lay my eyes on. He did it how the Lord said to do it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He had to conduct his ministry in the manner and the way with which the Lord asked him to conduct his ministry. Yes. Which is... A pattern example for all of us. I was set forth in Christ, mm-hmm. but for all of us, right? Jesus didn't, didn't go around doing whatever he wanted to do mm-hmm. and saying, Lord, look what I'm doing. Look at all the good I'm doing for you. He received specific guidance from the Holy Spirit or from the Father through the Holy Spirit as to what he, would, he should say and what he should do. And that's what he did. And that is the pattern example for all of us. Everyone from, I'll say the pastor down, right? Because we all have a ministry. We've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have all been called to make disciples of Christ, of none other, but just disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that in here, right? Um, before this, I was looking up a, a couple of scriptures when we we're talking about baptism. And to each person has been given a, a role, a ministry, a, a thought, right? And in Matthew 21, 25, Jesus asks this interesting question. It was really a two-part question. He says, what was the source of John's baptism? Was it from heaven or men? The answer, obviously, is heaven. That's what he and John the Baptist was commanded to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, we're all, we all have the ability to baptize, but what is, what did the Lord call us to do? And we brought up Christ, right? Christ was also given, I'll say, to, I'll just phrase it in this way, constraints, right? And Jesus acknowledged that directly. He said, I was sent to the house of the lost sheep of Israel. Right, not to the Gentiles, not to, right. He still went and went where the Lord told him to go. He said what the Lord told him to say, and did what the Lord told him to do. Right? Okay. Paul, in the same way, he is acknowledging that and saying, "I wasn't sent by the Lord to baptize. I have baptized, clearly as the Lord led." Right. But he said that wasn't what the Lord had called him to do. So I think that's important for each of us to get. Because we, I'll say it in this way, your ministry may not look like my ministry, which may not look like someone else's ministry, but each of us has been called or tasked, whatever way you want, both a combination thereof by the Lord to do what he has called us and tasked us to do. But then it goes into, back to, I'll say the, how we introduced this letter, this epistle, 
and he's talking about spiritual gifts and maturity, right? And how, in verse 7, so that you come short, or sorry, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, that's verse 6, verse 7, so that you come short in no gift, equally awaiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we were talking about baptism. John the Baptist was going about doing the Father's business, what the work, the ministry that the Lord had called him to do. And while doing that, conducting, living out, executing the ministry that the Lord had called him to do, he received the revelation of Christ, yeah? Yes. Okay. Where he saw the light come from heaven, he heard the voice of the Lord, right? And then also saw um, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, you know, remaining on him, yeah? So while doing the thing, in the manner with which the Lord called him to do, which is no different from us. So the Lord has, and I love how in this, you see the, I'll say, intricacy of the Lord. Because Paul is in this this moment and in this, this vein of thought, as it were, um, he is rebuking, and exhorting and admonishing the people to eliminate the divisions from them, right? But at the same time, he is still encouraging them to move forward in the things of the Lord, things that they have already received, gifts and all that, that, oh yes, he will cover later in this, this chapter, right? But you see it's all happening simultaneously, Right, and again, he acknowledges in verse seventeen, I, the Lord didn't send me to baptize. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made to no effect. But he's conducting the ministry with the gifting, the calling that the Lord had given him to conduct it in the manner in which the Lord wanted it done. Layla, did you have something you wanted to share? Oh, yes. Kind of like what you said, Dad. You briefly mentioned Paul when he said he was um, preaching the gospel, not with wisdom or flowery decorative words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. We all know that um, what Jesus did on the cross isn't null and void, but there is the aspect that you can make it ineffective in your life and others based on the actions that you do or don't take. So Paul is saying, I was sent to preach the gospel, but I didn't come with deceptive fairy tales to tell you of these great things and therefore make the cross and what Jesus had done for you of no effect in your life because now you're believing in a lie and you, you aren't exposed to the truth and you, you haven't received that just yet. And so he, he was even talking about himself and he was giving himself as an example. This is how we should be. And it's um, not just applied to preaching, but anything God asks you to do, it's not for you to manipulate and twist. If you are supposed to be a farmer, for an example, that's not for you to go and poison all your crops to kill the people you don't like. <laughs> but it's for you to do what God asks you to do. 
And he's got God, that is, and when I say he, a specific plan and purpose for each and every one of us that's unique. And he's got a specific role defined for you. And so even with the preaching, Paul also was saying, I didn't overstep my boundaries. I didn't go take this for myself because I wanted it or push this away because I didn't. God gave me the ability and said, go preach the gospel. So that's what I did. And I was content with doing such and such a thing, not... Lord, you gave me such a terrible place. Why couldn't I be an evangelist? How come I couldn't be like John the Baptist? How come I couldn't be like Joshua? But he said, God, what you gave me was more than enough. And I'm happy and satisfied with that. And to show my gratitude, I'm going to live this out and do it in such a way that it brings glory and honor to your name. Not shame and like, oh, what have you done? Mm-hmm. I like the word that you use, um, Oh, what did you say? Um, gosh, I can't remember. Um, that he was content. There it is. He was content with the ministry that God gave him. And in addition to that, not only was he content, but he was still open to the Holy Spirit operating through him in a way then that was other than what he customarily or normally did. So that was that's that's the blessing of the Lord. You can be content with where he put you. I didn't say complacent. I said content, whatever state that you're in, to go, God, with your will and your plan is good, satisfying, and able to succeed. And not that I try to cement your feet, God, and and lock you into this block of we only can do things this way. And if you do anything new outside of that, I don't want to hear about it. I can't cooperate. He was free-flowing and flexible with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could say to him, come, and then he came, or go, and he went, or abstained from going, and he abstained. So you see that that's what God wants in our relationship with him. That's how Jesus lived. I know who you called me to be, God, and I readily and heartily accept that. And I also allow you the freedom to operate through me and manifest your will and your goals and your way through my life because it belongs to you. Now, Jesus is God, but even he submitted to the Holy, the Father through the Holy Spirit, right, to com- yes. accomplish all that God set him to. And also, um, when you mentioned the the last part of verse 17, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. It wasn't, he wasn't cunning or conniving with his words, the brutality of the cross, understanding that Jesus was marred beyond looking like a human being anymore. His physical image or presentation was brutalized and changed so much by the violence that he suffered that he didn't even look like a person anymore, just meat and blood. And yet he forgave and yet he got on the cross and all that his blood did for us. And we talked about that in um, Saturday prayer and worship, everything that he covered, not forgetting that, not forgetting that this spotless, blameless God came and took on the form like a man and was found in that form spotless and blameless and yet still yielded himself to become the payment for our sin so that he was brutalized beyond recognition and beyond compare. Nobody has taken that kind of punishment ever because you're not without sin. But he did all of that and then got up on the cross, remained in his place in his abode for God at the moment yet being God still submitted to the death on the cross, right? 
yes. forgave and paid for our sins and was raised from the dead after he went to hell and led captivity captive. So not mistaking what Jesus did as something light or to be lightly esteemed. You know, Paul often talked about how he carried the crucifixion, the body of Christ on the inside of him. He kept before his eyes the suffering that Jesus took for him, for his own personal sake on the cross and wanting to conform himself to that, that he would be found worthy of what Jesus did for him. So he didn't want that to be watered down, which is good for us. When I remember, when I sit back and look at, okay, Jesus, you know, it's, it's easy to take that little image where he's got the crown of thorns with two little drizzles of blood and he's still got the little modesty cloth covering him and you can still see his flesh and he's just hanging there. He no. Yeah, where he looks human. No, 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 no. And when he says he was put to shame for us, he was exposed his nakedness. There was no modesty cloth. Every ounce of shame, every ounce of um, sickness and disease, every ounce of payment, every ounce, every stripe, and not just a, you know, a little, but the skin being ripped from his back repeatedly, all of that. When I remember that, it makes me go, oh, it humbles me and allows me to remember why you can tell me what to do, God. Why it's my pleasure and the least that I can do is to yield my body as a living sacrifice, not something that was, it was no big deal to you, Jesus. I can continue to sin the way I did. So that looking at that and remembering accurately what Jesus went through for us helps me personally adhere to my road of the cross. Yes, I don't want to go to hell. That's true enough. But knowing that my God, my creator died for me and not just a simple death. He didn't just lay his, you know, lay down on the mountain like Moses did and close his eyes and go to heaven. I was taken away. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't simple and I appreciate actually the most the death that Moses had before the Lord. I I respect that. Absolutely. But yet and still, Jesus didn't die a simple death. And moreover, he did not deserve to die. Me being unrighteous, God righteously taking my place, that bears more significance with me on the inside. And that inspires me to hold my feet to, I don't want to sin, God, because I don't want you to be ashamed of me. I don't want to sin, God, because I don't, Jesus, when you look at me, I don't want you to hang your head in sorrow. And breathe a sigh. I don't want you to feel like, feel like that about me, Lord. I want you to be proud of me. Not in humanistic pride, but to go, that's my daughter. In whom I'm well pleased. She honored me and she loves me. That's what I desire. So that's why I pursue Christ the way I do. Because I remember what he's done for me. And there are times where I can get tired of feeling like, okay, Lord. It's been a long, rough year or it's been a hard day. But then when I remember how he didn't get tired, it helps me stick to the course and remember that I have not yet resisted unto bloodshed. Mm -hmm. So I can go a little bit further for my Jesus. I can work a little bit harder for my Lord. I can suffer a little bit more in the way of being patient in the journey that he has me on, being patient with the people around me that he is also bringing into perfection to get them to the heavenly father, just like he did for me. I can wait for him a little bit more. Amen. That um, that perspective is so important for us um, in how um, 
we view ourselves in light of what Christ has done. And I think Paul's uh, bringing that to bear here. I also think that um, just like all the scripture, you know, there's always so much more. Mm-hmm. That's why we're, mm-hmm. you know, having another part of another day of um, digging into the same section. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to uh, Philippians 3, uh, where Paul is talking about, look at me, um, you know, if you want to boast, more of those in the flesh. I, I'm, I'm the tribe of Benjamin, and I'm a Pharisee, and I'm all these. Uh, you can go read it. We don't need to, mm-hmm. to read it, you know. But um, I think we probably all have met somebody that um, speaks in such a manner that their vocabulary leaves us dumbfounded. And um, we could look at people like that and go, you know, that they're, they're um, haughty or they're boastful, they're prideful, but they've worked hard to achieve the level of education that they have and we miss the aspect of how difficult it is sometimes to govern i'm thinking like an engine like throttle back even though we have all this power available to us right um you know we're driving a car and you know this the speed limit is 25 and we're on a four-lane road and like man i could go so much faster but keeping that governance over ourselves to be respectful of where we are you know paul continually had to keep that in check and remind himself of what christ had called him to i mean first and foremost he was speaking to the gentiles who had no background or little background of any of the scriptures and you know paul had such a fullness of it and how he had to remain patient in that and understanding of that as is just speaking to little children to throttle that back so there was a constant humbling of self and a need to keep you know not even allow his pride to come up in all as well so that he didn't do anything to limit the power of what christ had done and that that's what came through him amen he has spent great time learning in the synagogues and as he said when he recounted about himself he was according to the law he was blameless he had towed the line, <laughs> he had checked all the boxes, all the marks, but even to lay that down as dung, as refuge, refuse according before the call of Christ on the inside of him, but also in the, the greater element and capacity of love for the other people that were coming in as a result of his walk before the Lord. You know, we talked about before our destiny is not just for us, but there are other people that God is using us to minister to and set them on their destiny track and bring them along the course that he has for them. And so the, the greater good for him was to, okay, I don't need this. I'll let you have that Jesus. And I'll let you speak, speak through me simplistically as so I can minister to this. He says, I come, I become all things to all men so that I may win some to Christ. He meant that. And he did learn that, you know, as, as what you were saying, Dean. And then when he went to the Jews, they didn't really want to hear simplicity. They wanted to know, can you talk our language? Can you, how do we know that you know what you're talking about? Well, then he had to be able to transverse that as well and speak to them in a language that they could hear in the sense of if it was too simple, they didn't want to waste their time. If you couldn't name the scriptures to me, then I don't think you're valid. But then he could still use that and then bring it right on back. Here's Jesus. It's all talking about him. Let me show you how. So, absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead, sir. Please share with us. Uh, the Lord was showing me verse. 
14 through 15, where it says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Gaius, yeah. Least anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. The Lord is showing me that with that, that Paul had been obedient to the Lord in in order to get into that place. If he had not been obedient to the Lord, it would have, he would, Paul would have opened the door that he wouldn't be able to shut. That people would go. Like, for example, with us three, if, let's like, if you give someone a message to communicate and the other person, the person communicates it, but the other people don't communicate, other people don't listen, then they usually go, well, they, well, whoever communicated the message didn't communicate it completely. Hmm. Okay. So, can you can you bring it all together for us? They didn't communicate completely, but then what's the results? And then and then how does that align with what you're what you started saying? The person who is supposed to communicate usually gets in trouble. What do you mean? Me. Like, they're open to all sorts of trouble, like spankings, leaning on the wall. Oh, so if God gives you a message and you don't communicate it, then you are held accountable for what happens as a result of your lack of obedience. Is that what you're saying? Like, when we send you with a message, tell your siblings that mommy or daddy said, go wash the dishes. And if you come downstairs and you don't relay such message as we sent, now you're accountable for everything that is going on downstairs. Is that right? Yes. Whereas if you tell them what we said, you are free and you must only look out for yourself and in obeying what we said. But if you don't share the message, I think, who was that, Jeremiah or Ezekiel, that he said to him, if you don't, Ezekiel, if you don't (laughs) tell them this message that I sent them, their blood, and they die in their sin, their blood is on on you. But if you do give them this message and they don't turn, their blood is on them. Likewise, and you're free to go. So God does intend for us to do what he asked us to do. And there is truth in what he says that we will give account of, of the things that we do. Each man will receive from God based on his own works when we stand before the great judgment seat of Christ. Right? Yes. Yes. So God tells us the truth, understanding that. Without doubt, without fail, time after time, day in, day out, at every turn, God is telling us the truth. And he's telling us the truth for our better, Mm -hmm. not to hold us back. And if he is holding us back, it's only from detriment. He's not keeping any good thing from us because he's given us himself. So how much more so would he give us anything else? If he gave us Jesus, he would not withhold anything else that we need or is that of good to our lives. So... That being said, when you hear God speak to you, calculate yourself to go, I, you told me the truth, Lord, so I need to obey you. You're telling me the truth, God, so I can trust you. You're telling me the truth, God, so I don't have to doubt you or question you. 
of what you want, what you are trying to get me to. I know that in looking at the garden, but also how people look in the world, God, are you trying to trick me? Are you telling me the truth? Why would you say that to me, God? Why are you telling me this? You leading me to a trap? That's the enemy that does that. Mm. The enemy is a swindler and he is the, the twister of words in order to cause people to fall into sin. Just like with Eve in the garden. Did he really say that? No, he knows that as soon as you have this, you're going to be as wise as he is. Knowing both good and evil. Well, did God not place them in a perfect environment? that not only had safety and protection, his presence and his glory was there. He, they had peace. They had all the provision that they needed. And they even had gold and water and natural resources. The gold was good and the burl and the, everything else, all the precious stone that was available, it was good. So then why would there be the thought that at some point he set them up and gave them all this good just to crash them down at the end? But the wicked thing, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's going to work out. No. God gave them good because he intended good and he means they're good. God gives us good and he tells us good because he means our good. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to stand. He wants, just like he said in um, verse, what was that? Verse eight, you will also con who will also confirm you to the end. He'll make sure you hold out mm -hmm. to the end so that you get the well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are redeemed and reaped into the harvest of the kingdom and restored to the heavenly community the place that you ultimately want to be. He'll make sure you get there. So then why would he tell you false information today? Why would he try to lead you into a trap? That's not who our God is, but that is who our adversary is. Adam and Eve had everything. Let's also look at this aspect too, right? This is important. The Lord protects us and watches over us, right? When we allow him. When, exactly. When we allow him. You brought up a great point, I Promise, about how um, if Paul had of done some of the things, he wouldn't open up a door that he could not close, right? That was, that was your statement. In verse 14, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. And then in verse 15, he gives the reason why. Lest anyone should say that I baptized in my own name. Now, this is a continuation of what he was already saying about the divisions in the church, right? So what did the Lord protect him of or from? Accusations. Okay. In what, in what way? Um, like people accusing him of being the source of the divisions within the church. There you go. So the Lord, by just being obedient to the Lord, the Lord protected Paul from, I'll say, bringing shame or discredit um, on the gospel by not participating, not even being named or being a part of adding or considered to be adding to the divisions that were occurring within the church here in Corinth. Just by being obedient. It is that simple. And it's something that I think we tend to overlook sometimes or, or not consider. We don't realize all the numerous ways that the Lord watches over us. And, and I think that's, as I read this, he's like, okay, yeah, no, I, I did baptize these people, of course, clearly, as the Lord allowed, but that was the whole thing, right? Like, I've only done these handful of, baptized these handful of people. 
so nobody can bring these accusations and say, I am contributing to the division here. He's only trying to bring together people together in unity. And, and again, just to kind of recap a little bit is you've received these gifts. I've received these gifts and this ministry and this calling, and you've all received your own gifts and ministry and calling. And we have to approach it the same way. And that's with Christ at the head and us in subjection to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's your ministry is not may or may not look like my ministry and, and so on and so forth down the line, right? But later, that's why he says, hey, we've been given different gifts and different um, callings and, and, and all those things. And if we're all doing those those things that we all have been called to do, that's what the body is supposed to look like, and that's how the body functions. And we're all doing our, own, our part mm-hmm. in what the Lord has called us. The body will thrive and function as it was designed to do. Mm-hmm. And... Neither Paul nor we are saying baptism is a bad thing. Not at all. Something to avoid or to be grateful that you're not a part of because Jesus told us to baptize. We, we read that um, the day before. He told us to baptize. But also, the greater thing is when you stay in alignment with Jesus Christ, his will is going to be done. His perfect will is going to be done and everything is going to be complete. So the greater thing is obedience because God knows what's coming and he knows the plans of the enemy. He knows all of those things and he can put us perfectly in place so that we are not harmed or bring harm to others, but that we're also able to continue on. And Paul had already experienced in um, Lystra where they tried to call him and was it Barnabas? Call him gods. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Barnabas and yes. Paul, when they were in Lystra, they were, they thought they were so wonderful that they were saying they were Zeus and Hermes. And he was like, wait a minute, what are you doing? This is um, Acts chapter 14. So him understanding, okay, if I stay in alignment with God, he'll be pleased and he'll make sure that everything comes about. And so he didn't commit any sin or crime by baptizing the ones that he did baptize, but he realized by listening when God said, okay, move forward and I want you just to focus on this or go however it is that God told him to go, that that was safety and safekeeping for him as well. Yes. Amen. We're going to pause there. For, oh, wait, Dean, brother, go for it, please. I just want to take a quick minute uh, to speak to the listeners aside from um, what's going on in this moment and help them to understand that... Um, God's word is not something to be read one time and put up on the shelf. Um, God's word is something that's meant to be lived out and experienced and to search it over and over again and to mine through it to see how God is speaking to you. And so um, some of you out there listening, um, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but you may not realize, I mean, we're, we're sitting in a living room, um, it's, it's a it's a nice size living room, but it's not really big. Um, you know, I'm 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 seeing John and Kamisha sitting side by side, um, constantly nudging each other and working back and forth together as the Holy Spirit's leading them, as they're directing um, what God has imparted to them to their four wonderful children who are sitting on the couch, all scrunched up side by side with each other, <laughs> each have their own Bibles in their hand. This is this is a real world, and they're giving you a real example of how to just dig into the scriptures 
and to bring your family along and yourself along in that. And this is a tool in a way of um, learning and growing in your faith, but it is um, it doesn't absolve you of your responsibility to get into the Word yourself. This is just an example of how you can do it and how you can patiently and lovingly impart that into your children. So if this um, means something to you, then uh, take a moment and drop them a line at a day of prayer uh, at yahoo.com and just, just send them a little email. Let them know you appreciate that. Um, if you have some constructive feedback, please send that along. If you have some praise, please send that along. Um, they're uh, human beings just like you are, and they're growing in Christ more and more every day. And we do that through community. So be a part of the community. Let us know you're out there, and uh, we appreciate you for listening. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. And and on that note, we're gonna we're gonna close there for today. And uh, so that way you can study the word for yourself, as you just pointed out, brother, and and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. So can I please get a volunteer to close us out in prayer? I will. Lord, just thank you for seeing your Holy Spirit in our means, Lord, and just giving us that greatest gift, Lord, and just making it where we can listen to him, Lord, and that he shows us exactly what we need to do, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the insight and knowledge about how to go about it and giving us the tools needed to accomplish everything that you have for us, Lord, and just giving us this Bible, Lord, so that way we can learn from others' mistakes and continue to move forward in you, Lord, and avoid those same mistakes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, we love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.